welcome to the 450th episode of the Jamie Delaney Plant-Based Wellness Podcast. My name is Jamie Delaney, and I'm your host. I'm a plant-based cardiologist and endurance athlete living in Southwest Florida. Thank you, and welcome. Well, um, back getting back on track, I guess I should say, uh, back running. Um, we have a 50K coming up next week called the Rattler in uh, near Austin. Um, it's a Leadville qualifier, so look out if we happen to qualify for the Leadville 100-mile race. That probably pose a whole new set of problems, but uh, hopefully something to challenge. I'd like to start by um, giving a big thank you to the many uh, sympathy cards and emails that I got from my mom. Um, I was truly amazed at all the podcast listeners that checked in uh, with their condolences. Uh, I've spoken about my mom several times on this podcast, and many of you have felt like you knew her. Um, you know, I got to tell you that most people that run into her once time felt like they knew her all her life. So thank you again uh, for your condolences. Uh, it's been uh, somewhat difficult. It's been difficult, let's, let's face it. Um, but, you know, one step at a time, something in life we all go through. And again, the diva uh, is a strong, a strong uh, woman with big shoes to fill. So we have to carry on. So... 3-0, which was her dog, her German Shepherd dog, and yes, his name is 3-0 for a couple of people that have asked. Uh, he's named after Steph Curry, number 30, um, by my mom. 3-0 is now um, permanently staying with me and Sophie and our cat, Tony, and I can't quite say it's been the Brady Bunch family blending, but we're trying our best, and so as I've talked before, I take 3-0 for his morning walk to try to get him so he is uh, walks nice interacts with people and other little furry white dogs nicely and then Sophie and I go for our run and then I finish up uh, with any extra mileage that I have to do and um, that has been a saving grace for me having um, even though the blending of the family has not been quite smooth uh, their company is immensely appreciated and uh, they're certainly a lot of fun to have around. The theme of today's podcast is maintaining success. Um, the opposite of that might be falling off the wagon. And I'd like to tell you that everybody that joins this practice has 100% success and they go on their merry way and never have any issues. But as we all know, that's really not life. And when you're trying to change as an adult or perhaps change a family, um, it can be very, very difficult. And success doesn't always last forever. And in most cases, there are setbacks. And, you know, sometimes people lose a lot of weight becoming plant-based and then they gain it back. Sometimes people get off their medicine and again, there are changes. Sometimes people really get on a good exercise program and something, you know, happens and then they quit exercising. And it can happen almost immediately. Um, a few days without running can make you never run for months on end. Uh, an illness can throw you off track. Travel, you know, family crises can throw you off track. Uh, in a matter of days, you know, people might say, what the heck, and go back to what they were doing. Um, 
So, you know, I'd like to kind of go over some of the things that might help you to stay on track uh, if you've experienced the problem and maybe a few things that have worked for me in the past. But the first thing I think people need to do is, one, is you've had success being plant-based or you've had success exercising, to look at, you know, look at that success and own it and know that you can do it. I think that's really important. I have people come into the office all the time and say, nothing ever works for me. Um, I've never been able to lose weight. You know, I've tried everything known to man and nothing works. And um, there's a level of frustration. But if you've been successful, and most people have, look at what happened when, and take a really good look at what happened when things were going your way. And, and what you were doing and your habits. Because I think, you know, noting those down and going back to those or starting to re-implement those can, can really help to get, to get back on track. I've heard people have the same goals for years and years and years. You know, I'm going to take up ice skating and I'm going to go back to this and I want to run, walk the Appalachian Trail and uh, on and on and on. And there are these lofty goals that they've never really achieved, but they hold on to those goals, and that seems to be enough. Um, so having a goal is very important, but having a goal that you can have a plan to get to is also very important. What are the steps that you are taking? Where did you get before you fell off the wagon and resume where you were, perhaps? I have to admit that, you know, I'm not thrilled about cooking right now. Um, my mother and I ate dinner together almost every night, and now there's one. And when you cook for one, as most, a lot of people know, you end up dirtying the same amount of dishes when you cook for one as you're cooking for a family. And you have the cleanup, but you have uh, the no feedback, this was good, or what have you, and then you end up with leftovers, perhaps. And... Potentially, it could lead to overeating. Potentially, it could lead to not cooking, cooking at all. My saving grace is that I have the food available to cook already, and I know, what I, I know my go-to recipes, so I don't really have to think about creating something from scratch. I just have to do it. And so, for me, it comes back to what, you know, make it a little bit simpler, um, for instance, a soup that I can cook for dinner, but then I can use it for lunch or another meal that I like that I, you know, again, repurpose for leftovers or have a couple that I alternate so that I only cook maybe for real, you know, two or three times a week and then I don't have to cook every night. Having the food available, so the staples that I have available um, in my house, you know, I have my sprouts, I have my greens, beans, eggplant, zucchini, zucchini, uh, I'm sorry, cabbage, mushroom, fruits, potatoes, those staples that I have on hand all the time, I can go to and grab and make, and make food that is good, and I don't have to, you know, say, well, I don't have anything in the house, therefore I'm going to do blank, or turn to um, processed vegan foods or, or the, the, the most, the worst thing that could happen would be I'll just order out and I'll just get takeout every night. I think that, um, that's probably the biggest disaster that could happen. Luckily for me, I don't like takeout. Um, I never do. It's kind of been an unwritten rule that I, I really don't do takeout at home. 
Um, I don't, we don't order out. I don't go out very often unless I'm at some sort of social event and I really don't um, do much of that during the week. So I put a little fence around that. So I'm going to do the cooking. So I may as well do the right cooking. And of course, my focus is on my health. So what am I going to cook that's going to be healthy for me? It can be really simple. You know, I, I could eat raw if I wanted to. It would be the ultimate health, raw fruits and vegetables, or I could cook something. Um, but the idea is I'm going to look at my plate and make sure I have my fruit, my greens, um, and, and my beans, and uh, go from there. The other thing that I think is very helpful is to have a routine. Um, a lot of times people retire and say, well, I don't have to be on a schedule anymore. Um, or the kids are out of the house, I don't have to be on a schedule, I don't have to rush anymore, everything is a little bit more relaxed, and that's when things start to unfold. Uh, or my life is too busy to have a, a schedule of sorts. Um, I think we all do better when we have a daily routine that certain things are in place, and the, so certain things that are very important to us get done. So things that are important probably need to be scheduled. For instance, um, even though I am a daily runner, I always lay my running clothes out the night before. I think that's, you know, I don't have to think about it. It saves me time. I don't have to spend five minutes trying to find my clothes, which clothes I'm going to wear, uh, because they're already laid out, down to the shoes that I rotate. I rotate through two or three pairs of shoes on my, during my runs and depending on how long. And so they're all right there. Um, that makes it very, very easy. I know I'm going to get up early, so I hit the, I go to bed at a certain time to allow me to be able to get up early. Um, so I, I get up, I have my clothes ready. We have a dog training games. Um, so 3-0, Sophie and I have some little obedience, five minutes of obedience that we go through. Uh, again, just to keep them on their schedule. Uh, I do a warm-up routine before I go run, and then I'm out the door with, with 3-0. That's, that's my routine, seven days a week. Um, breakfast is always easy during the week. I eat the same thing. I have fruit, chia seeds, piece of toast. Sometimes I may throw a little oats in lieu of the toast, but for the most part, that's, that's my breakfast. Lunch, I have a couple salads that I rotate through. Um, or I have the leftovers that I have designated for my lunch. Cooking for one, I have decided or I have chosen to portion out the leftovers when I'm cleaning up the kitchen. So I put my leftovers in the bowls that I'm going to have. So I grab a bowl when I come home for lunch, heat it up, and I'm ready to go. So there's no packing my lunch or preparing it or wondering what I'm going to have. It's all there. When I do salads for lunch, I usually have the toppers prepared. I, you know, I'll chop a pepper, cucumber, you know, the sides, the tomatoes. But uh, if there's beans or rice as a topper, um, then those are usually already there. So my lunch is very easy. I come home, take the dogs out, eat my lunch, go back to work. Dinner, again, menu planning. What are you going to have? What things are available? And so if you have those, if you have that kind of routine down, it makes it just a little bit easier. And I know all that sounds like a good idea. And in a vacuum, it probably is a pretty, pretty easy to pull off. But when you add in 
family that that's not plant-based or coworkers or friends um, that aren't plant-based, then it gets probably a little bit more difficult. Um, I like to always have a challenge uh, and a goal. So again, goal setting and a challenge is, is very important. So I'm working towards that and uh, I have steps to get to that challenge and I'm not going to really be distracted by anybody. There was a movie, and I think it was called Wine Country, uh, where there was a psychologist. They, a bunch of women got together to go on this trip through Wine Country. It was actually a pretty funny movie, and um, the one was a psychologist, and she kept saying, may I offer you some feedback? And it was basically the busybody way of saying, can I tell you what to do? And um, I think that a lot of people want to give people advice because they're really trying to sway you to the way they perhaps behave. You know, if I like barbecue, I don't want to sit there while you watch you eat a salad. Um, they'd like you to, you know, for, for no better, you know, bluntly stating it, they'd like to drag you back to where they are. Um, and so they're going to give you some feedbacks or a question, you know, what about your protein? Shouldn't you get enough of this? Are you getting enough of that? Um, it's certainly not encouragement uh, or positive feedback. It's why you're doing what you're doing is wrong and how you should do it better. Um, you know, this podcast is all about giving you advice. I guess I'm giving you some feedback, but I'm, I'm hoping to make it positive and for something that you can apply where you are. Uh, I'm certainly not throwing stones because we all have our challenges, but um, you know, one, it's one of the reasons why I like the running community and, and perhaps the trail community so much. If you listen to the lecture or the talk or the podcast last week, um, you know, Greg uh, Schnorr talked about, you know, the running community and how it helped him recover from brain cancer. Um, and, and ultras like that a lot, uh, ultra running community. Uh, everybody cheers no matter what your age is, no what, what, what your place. And, and a lot of times in the last hour of the race, there's the most cheering for the person that comes in dead last. A lot of people don't even know who the winner was, they, but they know who came in and who they saw on the trail. And when you see people, they're offering words of encouragement. They're not saying you should do it this way or you should do it that way. They're just saying, keep at it, um, keep going. Um, if you've ever golfed, most people, if you golf with somebody, they tell you what you're doing wrong and how you should adjust yourself. And instead of saying, you're doing great, keep it up. They're saying, no, you should hold your arm like this. You could swing like this and all that kind of stuff. So I think positive words of encouragement, uh, are, are a great thing to, you know, to, to receive. I also think they're a great thing to give. You know, again, I am grateful for all the sentiments that I received but sometimes it comes down to, you know, what's your purpose? Uh, you know, what's, the, what's your meaning? And, it, uh, and if you made somebody smile today, you know you had a great purpose. And so, you know, it's, it's always nice to be able to reflect upon your day and, I, and you note that you made somebody smile. I don't know of many long-lasting success stories that didn't involve movement and nutrition. Um, People can try to diet and people can try to go to the gym, but until they can connect the two together, I don't think uh, there's much of a chance of long-lasting success. They both build on each other. You need good nutrition to be able to exercise effectively. 
you need good exercise to be able to build mitochondria to use the nutrients that you take in. So it's a, certainly a two-way street, and it's very important that you do both. Um, that's why I've kind of evolved this podcast uh, to have my love of running uh, and movement as well as nutrition. When I was just a just a cardiologist, I uh, was all about the exercise and trying to get people to move because I had been brought up uh, doing cardiac rehabilitation in my training and, you know, it was do the rehab and, yeah, eat right, but, um, the, you know, the practice has evolved more successfully by including both of them. So the walking routine, the running routine, uh, the biking routine is strength training routine is very much needed to go along with the nutritional aspect of things to keep things moving forward. Um, it's easy to neglect one without the other. I used to think that, you know, uh, being plant-based for other reasons than just my own health also helped because being plant-based more for the, for more, being plant-based for animals in the environment also gave me another reason to be very, very careful to limit my animal, or in, I guess remove my animal consumption. Um, I put fences around my own nutrition. Um, so whatever you need to do to put things together, I think it's important, but I do think that nutrition and movement is, is very, very important. Being plant-based is not easy. There's not very much of us, and there's not very many of us, I should say. Um, we're certainly never the popular movement um, gluten-free is more exciting, carnivore is more exciting, keto is more exciting, um, low-carb, intermittent fasting, all of those uh, tend to be more, more, uh, more exciting. And the question always comes, well, why are you doing it and how does it actually work? Uh, most people will admit, with a few exceptions of very crazy carnivores, that plants, fruits, and vegetables, and whole grains are, are good for you, at least fruits and vegetables. And why are they good for you? Um, people get all wigged out because they're worried about getting enough protein and all these other things. But there, as a recent study looking at, um, and we all know about the gut-brain connection. You get butterflies when you get nervous. Uh, you can get GI issues when you get nervous. Um, you can get nauseated when you're sick or nervous. Um, there's certainly a gut-brain connection that everybody agrees upon. And most recently, it's been connected to Alzheimer's uh, development. And there was a large study that looked at the gut microbes uh, of people and classified them um, and when they had Alzheimer's. And it was found that there are certain genera of microbes that tend to be um, more dangerous than others, and that a, a gut microbiome that's more diverse is actually protective against Alzheimer's. And one of the mechanisms that um, have been associated is that certain gut microbes or bacteria make the gut more leaky, uh, and others may affect your immune function. And there are things that, you know, certain bacteria secrete short-chain fatty acids that can be um, detrimental. There is a gut microbiome called Colincella, 
which has been linked to diabetes, rheumatoid arthritis, and atherosclerosis that's also now being linked to Alzheimer's. And again, that makes perfect sense because people that have diabetes, atherosclerosis, and autoimmune disease have an increased risk for Alzheimer's disease. But some of these gut bacteria can release these lipopolysaccharides that actually contribute to the formation of amyloids. And as we know, amyloids are found in the brain of people that have Alzheimer's whether that's the amyloid plaques uh, are the chicken or the egg, so to speak, whether they're the cause or the effect, nobody really understands, but certainly they're involved in inflammation in the brain. And so the dead gut bacteria of these bad species tend to cause an immune reaction that can cross the blood-brain barrier. And again, you know, there are some bacteria that, again, are associated with whole plant foods that are associated with protection. This colincella increases cytokine release. If you think about cytokine storm in COVID, uh, a big inflammation, that's what that bacteria is released. And we even know, as a side note, that people that had good gut microbiome diversity had much less problems with COVID or didn't get COVID as much. So again, um, protective gut microbes, um, help in a variety of ways. They activate um, a chemical called neurotropic, uh, brain neurotropic factor, which is very protective against Alzheimer's. People that have a decrease of brain-derived neurotropic factor have an increased risk of Alzheimer's. Butyrate that comes from uh, these good bacteria help maintain tight junctions so they prevent the leaky gut, decreased permeability, and may ultimately uh, be involved in either prevention of, gut, of, of Alzheimer's and or potentially a way to slow Alzheimer's down. So uh, good gut microbiome and good gut diversity is, is very, very important in the prevention of brain disease. And this has been associated with Alzheimer's as well as Parkinson's. And as I've talked about on a previous podcast, you know, Parkinson's uh, Lewy body disease, which is a form of dementia, very, very similar. So again, these things are starting to link together. When you think about uh, multiple sclerosis, it's very much linked to the gut. So what we eat is very, very important. And so when somebody asks you why you're eating you know, fruits and vegetables, there's a really good reason. Uh, you're trying to prevent dementia and you're trying to have a good gut, uh, a, a good diverse gut. If you're eating steaks every day, your gut mac, uh, bacteria is going to be that of something that's more along the lines of this colincella, something that, to, that can degrade dead and dying bacteria, not going to be diverse and producing helpful chemicals. What can you do to make things better as far as your gut bacteria? Again, you feed it fiber. Fiber is a pre- Biotic, so it helps to grow good bacteria. Um, fermented foods are wonderful. Exercise also uh, has been associated with a better gut microbiome. Um, if you have um, troubles with uh, your gut, leaky gut, and or things, even fasting has been shown because fasting, you kind of clear out everything and you can lay down new gut bacteria. So uh, not intermittent fasting, but Good old fasting, taking nothing in but water, can be a potential solution to making things better. Spices such as 
cinnamon, oregano, ginger, black pepper. Again, uh, cayenne pepper um, has been associated with improving gut microbiome. Artificial sweeteners, um, chemicals in toothpaste and on the such may decrease your uh, gut microbiome and, and harm them or decrease the diversity. How your food, you know, where it's grown. So if you're eating genetically modified foods or um, you know, foods that have been exposed to Roundup. So non, you know, try to eat organic to avoid the Roundup and the glyphosate that also kill your gut microbiome is a, is a very good thing to help improve things. So if you can keep adding up reasons why you should eat plant-based, why you should eat fruits and vegetables, why you exercise, it also makes you more likely to stick to the plan and stick on the wagon. So give it a try. And of course, some people say that it's too expensive to be vegan and to eat all these fruits and vegetables, and the cost of fruit uh, is astronomical, and organic vegetables is astronomical. And the first answer to that would be, um, you know, it's a lot cheaper to be healthy than to be sick, and so what you save in medical bills, you can use on organic produce, but... The, there was a study in the Journal of American Medical Association that actually looked at the cost of a vegan diet and a vegan diet, basically, you know, a whole foods vegan diet, and it compared to a standard meat and potatoes dairy diet, um, and uh, it was cheaper. And if you think about it, potatoes are still cheap despite everything else going up. So potatoes are cheap, rice is cheap, uh, beans cheap, especially dried beans. If you're going the organic no salt, you start to get a little bit more expensive. But if you do dried beans and soak your own, then uh, that is cheap. So the expense comes really with the vegetable, organic vegetables and organic fruits. Um, and I think it's well worth it. I like organic um, and I like to support my farmers so that if my farmers working those fields are um, working organic fields, then they are less exposed to pesticides. So I think that's good for them. It's good for the planet. We know that glyphosate and Roundup is in virtually all runoff waters. So the less of that stuff we can use, uh, the better. I cringe when I run by and see somebody squirting Roundup on their lawn because that does run into our water supply. Um, I don't like it if a neighbor uses it and it's going to run into my yard um, because of the increased risk of cancers. And even, you know, if you're spraying that stuff, the increased risk of lymphoma. So I, I veered off topic, but nevertheless, you know, uh, being more expensive is not... Uh, a reason not to be plant-based. If you're looking at, um, you know, the elimination of sodas and boxed cereals and boxed pizzas and boxed whatever, um, you're going to have a tremendous amount of savings. If you're cooking at home, you're going to have a tremendous amount of savings. So, um, you know, only the poorest McDonald's, and yeah, I don't even think that could beat it, but they were really, the study actually compared, um, you know, a cooked at home meat-based diet versus a plant-based diet, and uh, the vegan was more cheap, or it was cheaper, so there you have it. So less Alzheimer's, less inflammation, less GI problems, decreased cardiovascular disease, um, cheaper and it's going to make you run faster. Um, not necessarily run faster. I think, uh, again, um, the crossover will be to get more people running that eat well. Uh, and that's my hope. 
Um, but I think that, um, you know, again, a movement, uh, a, a movement such as running, uh, will bleed into having, um, you know, better nutrition and a better, uh, organization to keep people on the wagon, uh, more so and not running, but an exercise regimen. Um, so keep organized, um, and keep regimented, uh, no matter what, you know, and I, I think it'll all work out for the best. If you would like us to help you, um, may I offer some feedback? No, uh, we meet people where they are. Um, our practice is about educating people like I do on this podcast, but more intensely and more widely, uh, about the possibilities that plant-based nutrition and movement can help them to reverse their disease or improve their health span. And they get to choose. So we meet people where they are. Um, not everybody is 100% plant-based. And, and there's quite a few people that um, are not 100% success stories. They struggle and, you know, struggle is the name of life. It's the journey that we're on that's important. Um, and to take our wins, savor them, encourage others, be positive, and to go on. And we like to help people do that. I was, again, very taken back uh, by my mother at my mother's service, the, the members that came to the service um, in support of our plant-based community. And, you know, to me, if we accomplished anything with changing our practice, it was the development of plant-based community. And I would like to have that extend into a running community. Um, so we have a web, we have a Facebook group there, Plant-Based Runners and Striders, if anybody wants to go over and, con- and contribute. Uh, that is a free site, but our members, uh, we have our own Facebook group uh, that we share uh, and celebrate our successes. Um, we have a full-time registered dietitian who we need to get back on the podcast, Addie Delaney Minerich. Um, and, you know, we, we, we have movement. We have wellness weekly, monthly wellness challenges, and um, we celebrate uh, movement and different kinds of movement, and we assess people for injuries because, you know, if you're moving and you're out doing things, you get injured, and we're able to do that. So we'd love to help you plan your future as far as your health future, both from a nutritional and a movement uh, standpoint. So go on over to the website, drdelaney.com, D-O-C-T-O-R-D-U-L-A-N-E-Y.com, and um, check it out. You can email me with questions at jamie, J-A-M-I, at drdelaney.com. We have partnered as affiliates with a few people. Um, Aqua Nui is the water distilling uh, company that we have, um, uh, that I support because I think it's a good product. I own it. Um, and then uh, most recently, there is a Viri glucose monitoring. That's a cutaneous monitoring uh, app that we have, um, we are partnering with so that, um, we can help people, um, uh, follow their and reverse diabetes with the, with the addition, not having to do the finger sticks. Um, and, uh, unfortunately mama says has closed their doors. So we no longer, uh, have that available, but, um, you know, check out the website because we do have some things there that, uh, might, might interest you, uh, and be helpful to you in your plant-based journey. Thanks always for listening. I'll be back next week. And uh, actually, I won't be back next week, probably about 10 days, so I can give you a race report from the Rattler 50K. Thanks. Bye-bye.